Well, welcome to your weekend, and welcome to another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt in studio this evening with our host here, Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you on this Friday, and uh, we are here to ask a very important question. I've seen a lot going on in the public eye, specifically on social media, about who we are. Mm. There's a lot of confusion about... Um, we are both on mental, physical, and spiritual levels, and so I thought it'd be good to peel back the layers and think not about who we think we are, not about who other people think we are or think they are, but who God thinks we are. Because the thing is, if we don't have a standard for living, everything is chaos. Yeah. And when you open your computer browser like I do, and you open the newspaper, in my case, the USA Today, and you see whatever crazy headline is going on the next day. A lot of them surround personhood. You know, people think that they shouldn't be restricted to their God-given gender and other things related to it. And I know it's not as simple. Please don't get me wrong. I know it's not as simple as telling people to stop being the way they are. But as I alluded to on multiple podcasts, part of loving people, part of of sharing the truth is giving people news they don't necessarily want to hear. If your house was on fire and I came to your house and said your house was on fire and you chose to ignore the fact that your house was on fire and burned up in it, that would be your choice to do so. But it would be very foolish. And so sometimes, no matter how loving you are, when you deliver the truth, people can hate you. But Jesus said that would happen. He said, do not be surprised if people hate you because they hated me first. And a lot of times people say, well, God is love. We should be loving. But in case you lose the fact that Jesus wasn't always lovey-dovey. Right. Because if he was... How did he end up on a Roman cross? He didn't end up on a Roman cross for always saying, I'm not okay, you're not okay, that's okay. He ended up on a Roman cross because he said, you're not okay and that's not okay. Saying you need to change your life. He ended up on a cross because he said, not only do your actions need to be righteous, but your thoughts need to be righteous as well. So when we think about God being truthful and being love, we also have to balance it with his justice. Mm. Um, God is not a safe God. He is. He can be angry at sin. He hates sin. He can't be around sin, but he is a good God, and he gives us a way, a remedy for sin, so that then we can draw near to him. It's because of his grace and his forgiveness of sin that I, as a believer, am able to draw near to him and say, I am a child of God, and he is my dad, basically. I can say Abba, which is Hebrew for daddy. That's the relationship I have with him, not because of my own merit, but because of his. So today we're going to delve into um, some of what it means to establish your identity and to embrace our identity the way God intended it. 
uh, because God says to us, let everything be done decently and in order. So let's get started today with Adam's quote of the day. I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be in another world, but still, I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. That is from John Newton. And I thought that that was a very good quote to start with because he basically encapsulates the whole, encapsulates the whole Christian journey. One of the things that we try to do um, here on the Speaking Room podcast um, and the tagline of the blog is admonishing and encouraging one another on this journey we call life. Basically, what John Newton did is he encapsulated the whole life of the Christian. As a Christian, we are striving towards perfection. We're not there yet. But as a speaker friend of mine said on Sunday um, during the church service, he said, we will never be sinless this side of glory. But if we are following God, the frequency of our sin will be less because we learn to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit work in our lives to conform us more and more into the image of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is a good uh, uh, prefix to today's um, subject of who am I. Do you have any thoughts before we dive in, Adam? I think it's a great way to put it, too, in just that quote. Like you said, that's the whole Christian walk in itself is trying to figure out who we are, where God wants us, all while saying, I am a follower of Christ, and that's my identity. And that can be, A, an amazing place and the best place to be, but also it can be very confusing because it's like, what in the world am I doing sometimes, you know? (laughs) You think you might get it figured out by a certain age, and and you don't. Well, because... Because the minute we think we have something figured out, um, he throws something in our lives to remind us who's really in control. Yeah. Oh, amen. Um, and I just have to tell you, I've, I've said this before, but sometimes in my most complaining, in my in my most griping point of life, God seeks to bless, ends up pouring out huge blessings to me. Mm. Um, like when I got my van paid off recently or like an even more recent example, I, I got a chance to go to the uh, Gaither Vogel Band concert a few weeks ago. And when I bought the tickets, I was a little, well, I was more than a little bummed that I ended up getting them in the back row because the expensive handicapped seats were sold out. And I wanted the best seats possible because it was my dad's Father's Day gift and also because I really like the Gaithers. Well, I get to the venue and I come to find out that they closed the section. They closed off the section where I had bought my tickets. They weren't going to have anybody sitting there. So they upgraded my tickets and my mom and dad and I ended up in a box seat right next to the stage. Wow. And I was, you know, I had just gotten through complaining to God as I'm waiting in line because I'm like, why are they making me wait to sit down? Because I even came here in my wheelchair so that I wouldn't have this happen. Mm-hmm. You know, because it always seems like if I get a ticket that's not handicapped, then I have to go to the ticket office and exchange it and hope they can squeeze me in. And I went to the ticket office in person in my wheelchair to make sure that they didn't mess it up. 
And but anyway, I got the upgrade out of it, and that's just to say that God was faithful. And so, as we look at this stuff, we can look at it from uh, that vantage point. Okay. Well, we're gonna do this like we do a lot of our Bible study podcasts. Adam is go, or I'm going to read um, the point that we're going to discuss, and then Adam will read the corresponding verse, and we'll discuss. So the first one is, I am created by God. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. It's Genesis 2-7. All right, now a lot of people like to relegate us um, to just another animal, and they talk about evolution as being the way that life came to be, and they don't really elevate us above the animal kingdom which is probably is part of the reason why there's a lot of times more outrage over the death of an animal than there is over the death of humans mm. because, you know, they just think that we are uh, in the animal kingdom. But this shows that there's a difference because God created a bunch of animals on the sixth day along with mankind. But there's one phrase here that he says about man that he doesn't say about any other creation. He says that God breathed uh, into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. There's no other creation on the face of the planet that is a living soul because that belongs solely to mankind. Even angels, it says they look into these things, meaning look into our relationship with God with awe and wonder because they, they do serve God, but they can't have... The relationship that we have, um, they don't understand redemption. The demons that decided to follow the devil into hell, they made a permanent decision. There's no redemption for the angels, but there is redemption for mankind. So it's a very distinct thing for us. Um, and so I think that is that's a good jumping off point because if you don't believe that, so much more is available to you in your belief system, and that leads to a lot of the chaos that we see in the world today. Yeah. All right. Second point, I am made in his image. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. It's Genesis one twenty six through 27. All right. So this is another key verse because it talks about a couple things that I want to mention here. First of all, we're made after the likeness and image of God. When man was perfect before sin entered the world, that was especially true. But then we lost some of the nature of God when we sinned and then Jesus helped us get it back through redemption of his blood. But the point being that we were made to be like God. We were made to have fellowship with God. One of the old catechisms said that the chief end of man is to know the Lord and to serve him forever. And so that's what man was created for. So we were made in the image of God and then we are made male and female. God made two distinct genders to honor him and to further the population of the world and to to make it a place where 
he intended us to live in harmony. And again, understanding these things is fundamental to coming to grips with who we are. Um, God, it's not as simple as just saying that we are a sentient being that can reason, that can make decisions. The reason we can do that is because we were made in the image of God. And really the reason why there's so much gender confusion today and so much questions about who am I, it's because the devil hates us. Hmm. Let's just be that. I know that's blunt, but the devil hates us because why? Because this verse says that we are made in the image and likeness of almighty God. And he hates God. He said in Isaiah chapter 14, I will ascend to the most high. I will be like God. That's what he said. And so when he realized he couldn't, and he realized that man had a place as the image and likeness of the God that he hated, his only recourse was to hate us back. That's why John chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 says, and we'll, we'll, we'll repeat it again later in the podcast, but I'm going to say it here too. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come. And they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And again, it's because he hates us. So that's a blunt way to put it, but it really is true. So looking at these first two points, Adam, do you have anything that you'd like to add? I think it's incredible to think about that, A, that God created us in the way he did, that we came from dust and he breathed into us and ta-da, all of a sudden we're like human bodies that with people with minds, with dreams, with ideas, with feelings. And the fact that we are the only things on this planet that was created in his image. He created everything, but we're the only ones in his image. I don't know. That's just very mind-blowing to me. I mean, everything else you look around at, a lot of times, if you're in your office or home, it, you know that was that was man-made. God might have put that idea in someone's head, but us, we were His natural 100% design. How cool is that? It is, and and the reason that people are so creative is because we're in the image of a creative God. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that is worth bringing up because. A lot of times people think, well, the arts isn't something that we should spend our time on. But I really think, and one of the reasons why I spotlight master arts is because we are creative beings because we are made by a creative being. So I think that's important. All right. God created us male and female. And he answered and said unto them, have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? That's Matthew nineteen four. All right. Um, again, I know this is a tough subject, but the truth is the truth, and here is the truth. God made you male or female. If you do not believe that God made you that way for a purpose, you are denying, or you, you are saying that God, who is perfect, who is not capable of making a mistake, made a mistake. Now, I know what it's like to think that God made a mistake because I used to have these arguments with God as a disabled uh, teenager and say, God, I know I've heard that you don't make mistakes, but you must have made at least one because I'm here in this wheelchair and I have no hope as long as I'm in this wheelchair. The reality is that God did not make a mistake when he put me in his wheelchair. 
He had a plan for my life. He had a ministry that I could only do from this wheelchair. And that was a decision that he made to allow that in my life so that it would keep me close to him. When Paul had his thorn in the flesh, he asked three times for it to be removed, and God said no all three times. And what Paul said after that was, he didn't ultimately get the yes from God that he wanted, so he wasn't rejoicing in healing. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you could be healed if you wanted to. Right. But the reality is that Paul got to the point where he was able to rejoice in his infirmity. He said, my infirmity is a good thing because the power of Christ rests on me in a way that it wouldn't if I was did not have this infirmity. And that's the place where God had to bring me before I was able to embark upon this ministry of speaking for him, was to be able to say, this infirmity is a blessing. It's not what I would hope for. It's not what I would desire, but it is what God has for me. And so I think it's important for us to realize that when God assigned your gender, he didn't make a mistake. And I, I, I don't pretend to understand all the psychological implications or what brings someone to doubt their gender. But I know that the Bible is true. And I know that I can stand by it being true. And as I deliver this news, as I talk to you about the importance of embracing who you are as a man or a woman, I am doing so in love because I know that God's way is the best way. And I've had struggles with my identity. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. I know it's not a unique problem. We all struggle from time to time. Um, and so it's important for us to discuss these issues. And as we come to terms with the, God, the fact that God created us male and female, just think about that. Jesus reminds us that he made us that way. So, you know, people say he, he didn't make a statement about marriage. But in this passage, if you read more in the Matthew 19 pa passage, he's talking about he made us male and female to create couples who would marry and continue the human race through godly relationships. And then, once we come to terms with who God made us gender-wise, we can then realize that God created us for a specific purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Now, when I, I told Adam this story, when I was like six or seven years old, I knew that I wanted to be a DJ or on the radio of some kind. I had the Fisher Price radio, the Fisher <laughs> yes. Price tape player, and then later a karaoke machine. I used to make mixtapes, especially for Christmas gifts. I would make mixtapes where I would do the DJ thing. I even sometimes did fake giveaways just because I thought it was fun when <laughs> DJs gave away stuff on the radio and I do fake weather reports and all that stuff. Fortunately, uh, most of those tapes are long gone and, <laughs> and Hopefully they never see the light of day. But I had this dream for the longest time. And I believed it was God-given because it, it never really left. Um, and I still have the dream to do live radio, but God gave me such a gift when he gave me the opportunity to do this podcast. 
because I'm able to control the creative content. I'm able to work with people like uh, Chad and Adam to produce these shows for you. I'm able to. I've been able to bring you new shows every week for almost, you know, going on six years in a couple months. So, I mean, this has been a serious blessing to me. And I, when God started leading me down a different road than simply going to Cornerstone University and getting a communications degree, I didn't anticipate that He would bring this dream back around. But he connected me with Chris and Emily, and I did live radio for them and learned a lot about the craft, got a lot of coaching from Chris, and a lot of the uh, skill, if I have any, behind the microphone on this show is because he invested in me, and I owe a lot to Chris and Emily Danielson. And so, you know, it's just interesting how God puts people in your life, and then Adam... I knew shortly before I came to JQ the first time about you because the Meningas told me about you and <laughs> then God allowed us to become friends and it's been a blessing to me both on and off air. So God really works and he showed me that he created this work for me to do, he created me for this work before I even knew about the reality of it. So. I really resonate with this work, mm-hmm. this, this this verse, because I know that God has a purpose and I know that he's fulfilling it day by day, week by week, month by month. And my life has been very exciting as a result once I grasp that reality. So, all right, before we go on to our very last one, Adam, do you have any thoughts on these last two points? Uh, it's so interesting to stop and think about like God has a purpose in each and every one of our lives. And, you know, I think what's interesting and I think a lot of the world fights with this is sometimes we go to God in prayer, but halfway, because I think in a way we might be scared of the answer God has for us. But once we get to that point, like you said, of accepting what that is and then saying, okay, he has a specific purpose for me. It's amazing the doors that can open, you know, when we're really doing his will. I just heard like a saying earlier today that said when you um, truly like when you truly find out what you're supposed to do in life, that's when you can truly set the world on fire. That's a good way to put it mm-hmm. because the Bible talks about and and maybe we'll do a podcast or two about this too, about the different gifts that God gives to the church. And how everybody has a part to play. And when we, when we try to play parts that other people have because we think that their part is more vital, then we're not doing the part that God made us to. And we get ourselves frustrated because we're supposed to be operating within our gifting. We're supposed to be doing the things that, that we want and that God wants to do in our lives. And like I've always worked for nonprofits and done a lot of work that's pro bono. I don't get paid to come into this podcast, but conversely, the Lanzer Broadcasting has been generous enough to not make me pay to do it either, so that's Mm -hmm. been good. But the point being that if I abandon it because, oh, it doesn't give me enough money, then I wouldn't be doing what God wants me to do if money was my motivation. God has provided funds as I've trusted him, and that's been one of the most exciting things to watch is just to say, okay, God... You know I have this need, this financial need. I know that you have enough money to cover it. Just, you know, have my back. 
And I, and as I told Adam, and as I've been free to admit on this podcast, I'm not always the best at it. We were talking about <laughs> one just earlier in this podcast about the way I get complaining sometimes. But ultimately, uh, God is faithful. All right, so we have one final point to talk about as we wrap up the show, and that is he died to give me abundant life. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's John 10, 9 through 10. It says in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, uh, Moses is conveying the message of God before he goes to die on Mount Nebo. And he says these words, I have set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. And basically, that's what this verse is saying. You have a choice between death and life. We are dead. A lot of times people say, well, God came to make good people better or bad people good, but he really, in essence, came to make dead people alive. The Bible says that he quickened us and gave us life. We were dead in trespasses and sins, it says in Ephesians, but then he raised us up to be with Jesus in heavenly places by his power because he gave us life. And if we choose to follow him, we can have life rather than death. But there's only two two choices. You can't stand between life or death. If you're talking physically, basically you're alive or you're dead. There is no middle ground um, when it really gets down to it. And so that's the way you have to look at it spiritually too. Mm -hmm. You're either alive spiritually or you're dead spiritually. So my challenge to you is to choose life. Uh, Choose life in Christ. He loves you. He died for you and rose again the third day to prove his his victory over death. And he wants the best for you. So choose life today. Adam, any thoughts as we wrap up? Uh, just on that last note, I was thinking where he died to give me abundant life. I mean, really, if you think about it, if that hadn't happened, then the rest of the ones we went over really wouldn't have mattered as much either. So that's really the one that kind of ties it all together in I won't say a neat bow because the Christian walk isn't always <laughs> yeah. neat and clean, right? But it's pretty awesome when you think about even after creating us, not only did he give us life, but then he gave his for us that we may have more life. It just shows the endless boundaries and just, of love of God. And just remember that if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, no matter what doubts you have going through your head, you can say with Matthew West, I am a child of the one true king. And maybe you do something like I did where I actually put that on my on my Siri for my iPhone that I wanted her to call me child of the one true king. <laughs> so that every time I would ask her a question, I would see that come across the screen and I would hear her say, hey, child of the one true king, what would you like or whatever. It would be a, a concrete reminder to me that that is indeed who I am. So just keep that in mind. Maybe go to YouTube or go to Apple Music or wherever you listen to music and listen to that song and be reminded that above all, you are a child of the one true king. And if you haven't made that decision to be that, you can do that today. That's all we have time for this week. But I would encourage you to have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 